a popular outcast production. Welcome to the Portable Power Podcast. I'm Mark Matters, and I'm here with Kevin Seibert. And, uh, this is our September 1st episode. Uh, we're getting right down to the wire on this one. We had some uh, recording issues about a week ago, so this might be a sort of rushed project, but we're going to do our best here. So uh, I'll just get things started right away. How you doing, Kevin? I'm doing all right. How are you doing, Mark? Not too bad. It's a little weird. Uh we don't have Emrys with us today. He, he couldn't make it for this podcast, so it's going to be very strange. Yeah, there's going to be a new dynamic going on tonight, but we'll, uh, we'll make the best of it and soldier on. Yeah, yeah. And what will help is the alcohol that we are about to consume. Indeed. What are you drinking tonight? Oh, you want me to go first? This is unconventional. Okay. We need... I, this is what happens when Emrys isn't here. We fall apart. <laughs> All right. I'll go first with the alcohol. I'm drinking um, Session... Uh, it's a black lager. My wife got it for me, uh, along with the gluten-free beer that was in the episode we started to record and then had issues with. So the audience didn't get to hear me uh, rant on about how it tasted like medicine and private parts and stuff like that. Well, it turns out that gluten is what makes things not taste like private parts. Uh, apparently. So what are you drinking? I'm drinking uh, Glenlivet. Uh, 12-year aged um, single malt scotch. Oh. It's it's quite delicious. You're big on the scotch lately. Are you not doing a lot of beer? Um, no, I still I still drink a fair amount of beer, but I uh, I don't know. I've discovered that I can buy a bottle of scotch <laughs> and then not have to run out and buy any alcohol for like a month. Yeah, yeah. Whereas with beer, I drink a six pack and then you know in a couple days. Right. I had a bottle of scotch that lasted me three months. Last, uh, I got it in May. Yeah, and I just finished it off like two weeks ago. Yeah, they can stick around for quite a while. So you've been doing a lot of, uh, we'll say, homework for this podcast, doing a lot of portable gaming, mobile gaming. Uh, are you playing anything outside of that? And I don't want to hear about League of Legends. No, I <laughs> really haven't been playing anything else. I, I've... I've I've gotten in on a little bit of League of Legends, okay. but not even that so much. Like, I, I still play my NES a little bit here and there. That's awesome. But aside from that, it's, it's all been games for the show at this point. Yeah. Although, it is worth noting that last weekend, last weekend, or, I don't know, two weekends ago, maybe, um, I did get my second pentakill in League of Legends, which is impressive for reasons that, I don't know, I'm not going to get into. If only um, Emrys were here, he could he could care. Yes, Emrys would care, but he's not here. Yeah. Um, what about you? What What are you playing that's not portable? Um, well, I'm just kind of skipping around right now. I don't really have a, uh, much of a game budget for the time being, so I'm just kind of playing a lot of my old games. Um, Skyrim, um, some Tekken, 
Today I busted out Goldeneye on the Wii. Like, I'm just all over the place. I've been trying to get through Earthbound on the Wii U Virtual Console. Um, it's getting to be a bit of a, I don't know, a slog, as they say. You know, it's there's the battles aren't random. You can see the enemies on the map, but they're much faster than you. And so avoiding them is almost impossible. And when I just want to, I just want to see the game and see the story that the battles are getting to be a little tiring and I'm going to try to trudge through it, but I don't know. I think that's the era of um, RPG gaming that you're dealing with there more than anything else. Oh, I understand that, but it's why I quit playing Final Fantasy 1. I, I never <laughs> got around to finishing that. I know we talked about me playing that an episode or two ago. I didn't realize you'd given up on that. Oh, yeah, for the time being. There, there, there is a rumor that I heard. Mm-hmm. There's a rumor that um, next month I'm going to be getting a Wii U. Oh, I I, <laughs> I wasn't sure that all my, uh, what is it now, nine months of, of hints, and not even hints, because it was quite obvious what I was doing. No, but... let's just call it what, is it, what it is, badgering. <laughs> <laughs> I just like having people to play with, although I don't know that right out of the gates we're going to have anything to play together. No, we're, we're not. The best the best I can do is send you wiener drawings on Miiverse. Which you totally don't ever do on Swap Note for the 3DS. <laughs> I, I haven't done it in a while, but I'll have to get back on that horse. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, that's some cool news. A price drop on the Wii and um, some cool, well, one cool bundle. I, I'm a little bit jealous um, that I, I already invested my money in a Wii U and I enjoyed it greatly. Um, since I bought it, but this new bundle's sexy. That controller's pretty hot. Well, if they're basically putting out like a definitive version of Wind Waker, that's my favorite 3D Zelda. So yeah. like, this is this is going to be, I think, what pushes me over. Like, the only reason that I won't end up picking it up is if Elite Games just doesn't have any, because I'm not going to pre-order from GameStop. Oh wow, yeah, I don't know. Those small game stores, you never know with them. Well, I'll pre-order from them. I'm oh. just like letting GameStop have my money. Yeah. Sorry, Bill. Um, yeah, sorry for that, buddy. <laughs> so in addition to uh, this Wii U price drop news, they announced the Nintendo 2DS today, which is the one advantageous thing about us recording so late, is we got we got to shoehorn this news into our podcast. Um, I know you're not super excited about it. I, I, from what I understand, you aren't really either. Well, I'm not at all it's not for me that's the i see i get it um it's it's for kids like they're specifically targeting kids that shouldn't be looking at 3d images and that's who this console is for launches the same day as pokemon x and y so it makes total sense right but when you consider like how many of those kids under the age of seven are going to be able to read anyway i don't know i could read by like four or three even maybe i don't know so could I, but I just, I know a lot of, like, first graders who can't read yet. Damn this country. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, there's no 3D. It does have a slightly longer battery life. Comes with a 4 gigabyte uh, SD card. It only has one speaker, so you're only going to get mono sound unless you use headphones. Has a sleep mode switch because, of course, they removed the folding aspect of the DS. Which is a completely ridiculous design decision. I think so, too. And I saw somebody 
uh, on a message board or something say that the, the, the 2DS looks like a piece of cake. <laughs> I think that's hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, it doesn't fold, and so like you're going to have to get a carrying case, which they show a sexy carrying case for it on the Nintendo website, but it doesn't come with that. And um, I just see that thing getting beat to hell. It's going to get beaten to hell, and the other problem is that when you have it at the size that it is, it's not really it's not really nearly as portable anymore. Like you're you can't just like put it in your back pocket right. or whatever. It it's only slightly smaller than a current 3DS when it's open, which is completely not portable in my pants, let alone a 6-year-old's. No, certainly not. Yeah, that comes out October 12th, 130 bucks, which is like $40 cheaper than the the, the regular 3DS and $70 cheaper than the 3DS XL. So it's a nice budget thing. I, I think it'll do well for the holidays, people with uh, young kids and stuff. We'll see. Um, there was also a price drop on the PlayStation Vita. It's now $200, and um, I'm still not going to buy one. But uh, No. <laughs> that's cool. They're, they're, they're really starting to bring out a lot of games, and I think it's because the PS4 is about to launch, and they're starting to bring out some really big games to make this system more appealing because it's going to be incorporated somehow into the PS4. I haven't been following that stuff very closely, so I don't I don't know super well, but a lot of big games. Borderlands 2 coming out for the PlayStation Vita, that's huge, along with Minecraft, Fez, uh, and a bunch more games. So I think this season will be the first holiday season where, where the Vita really takes off. Do you think it will actually surpass the 3DS, though? Oh, hell no, but it'll do well. Yeah, I, I think that it's finally getting stuff that you can play on. Although, I am noticing a bit of a pattern with Sony. What's that? And, uh, I don't know, may- may- maybe you've seen it too, but, um, the Wii, then a couple of years later, the, uh, PlayStation Move. Yes. And, um, now the the Wii U and its, you know, its unique controller. Yeah. And now the PS4 that uses the Vita as a controller. Yeah, the difference will be Nintendo, it's incorporated. It's practically mandatory. PlayStation Vita is going to be an optional controller for things, and just like with Smart Glass on the Xbox 360, I don't think a lot of developers are going to take the time to put in this extra experience that's going to alienate a fair number of players. So yeah, they're copying. Both Microsoft and Sony are copying Nintendo, which is hilarious, but Mm -hmm. they're not doing it on the same level. So it's still going to be a different experience, and it's just stupid that they're even shoehorning that into there. Like, the, the, the PS4 and the Xbox One will be able to stand on their own two feet by themselves without doing the stupid feature. So, I don't know. It's silly. Well, I don't know. I, it kind of takes me back to the GameCube using the Game Boy Advance SP uh-huh. as, the, as the controllers. And some of my most fun moments in that console generation were with Zelda Four Swords, which required you to have an SP. And unfortunately, that meant the game was a commercial failure. Yeah. But, like, it was it was what made me buy a GameCube. Like, the day that game came out, I went out and I bought a GameCube. Oh, wow. I didn't yeah. That. Hey, speaking of Four Swords, there's rumor that there's going to be a Four Swords online in the Legend of Zelda for 3DS that's coming out in November. If that's true, then that might win my Greatest Gaming News of of the year award which <laughs> doesn't exist yet but we can make yeah. it exist just for that we'll see come i think it comes out november 22nd uh link between worlds is the name of the game and um all we know right now is there's a nintendo network icon on the box so we'll see where that takes us so i, I have a question for you yeah um with pokemon 
and Zelda coming out basically within a month of each other. Yeah. Are you going to talk to anybody during the holidays? Um, I don't I don't I don't know anything about the Pokémon. That's Oh, the Pokey or the man? I, that's the that's not a thing I'm into. I don't know what you what you're trying to say. Right. No, I <laughs> I I understand. I didn't pre-order that game. <laughs> <laughs> the point I'm making is I yeah. will not talk to anybody. Well, between that and I think I'm going to get Mario 3D World. At least I'm going to ask Santa Claus for it. And so oh. I'm, I'm <laughs> I I basically have the Christmas list of an 8-year-old this year. So I want a Mario, <laughs> I want a Zelda <laughs> and yeah, that'll be it. That'll probably be all I get. Those two things, if I get it, if I get them at all. But speaking of Pokemon, um, very briefly, there's rumor of a Pokemon fighting game in the works, and I don't know if that's something that would interest you at all. But um, <sighs> some some trademarks popped popped up for um, something called Pokken Fighters and Pokken Tournament, which I don't I don't know if how those translate from Pokken to Pokemon. I don't. Is that a common word in the Pokemon vocabulary? Pokken? Not that I'm aware of. Okay, well, I don't know. But anyway, these two names were trademarked by um, the Pokemon Company, whatever. I think that's actually the name of the developer, it's the Pokemon Company, but... um, And there's this, like, screenshot... Oh, Game Freak, okay. So, there's a screenshot floating around online that everyone says could be this game, and it's beautiful. It has to be a Wii U game, without a doubt. But, um... I think it shows Lucario and then, like, some fiery-looking uh, bipedal Pokemon standing there in, like, a 3D environment. It looks like it could be very well, like, a Tekken-type fighting game. So who knows? Who knows? It's all just rumor right now, but it looks pretty cool. They would have to do something different with it than make it just a fighting game that has Pokemon skin on it. And and sure. I, I think that Nintendo probably would. Yeah. Um, but they would have to have like certain RPG mechanics and like training aspects to it. If it was just a straight up fighter, I wouldn't yeah. care. Yeah, but it's, it, some people say it might be a tournament game, like like the the what are the Pokemon Coliseum or whatever that they put on on GameCube and all those throwaway oh, yeah. games. Basically, I don't know. But like, there's rumor of that. But at the same time, the image that I've seen is like in, in like a city. It's a very much like a very fighting game esque background, and, and it looks very Japanese. I don't know. It will, beautiful graphics again, but who knows what the heck it really is. I will uh, move on from that though, because we don't want to talk for an hour about rumors. Um, right. Well, uh, unless you have anything else you want to talk about, I'm going to move into our reviews. That works for me. All right. Well, by listener request, I am reviewing Icebreaker, A Viking Voyage for iOS. Um, You can get it right now on the App Store for a mere 99 cents. It was developed by Rovio Stars, which, um, if I'm not mistaken, is a subdivision of the maniacally evil corporation that created Angry Birds. Um, And with 25 million likes on Facebook, I have no doubt they'll get a bajillion downloads for this game as well. Um, So Icebreaker... It's about you as some kind of Norse finger god using swipe gestures to cut blocks of ice and other ensnarements to rescue tiny Vikings from these perilous scenarios. Um, 
it's received a lot of good reviews, and it probably deserves them. It's 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 well made, and it has pretty attractive uh, like retro pixel graphics and in a very slick physics based puzzly gameplay. It's sort of like Angry Birds meets Cuts the Rope in this weird um, Norse Viking world, but I don't know. But before I get ahead of myself, I have a, I have a disclaimer. Okay, what's your disclaimer? It's going to sound really pretentious. I'm a gamer. I'm I'm not a hardcore gamer. That lifestyle leaves very little time for, you know, friendship, love, a proper diet, sunlight. Um, so I suppose most people would consider me a casual gamer. I mean, I like Zelda, I like Mass Effect, I like Street Fighter, and I even like Dark Souls. I have a Dark Souls shirt. Um, but I, I don't generally devote more than like an hour or two a day to any of this stuff. You know, life is busy. I have, a, I have a full-time job, I have a wife, I have a kid, I have a lawn to mow, which you should have seen it when I got back from vacation. Um, anyway. Did it, did it resemble a jungle back there? It, 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 it was, uh, <laughs> wait a minute, are you, t- <laughs> that what? Was, that was almost very sexual, I don't know. Um. Oh, am I? Yeah, no. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I wanted to mow my lawn before I left on vacation and didn't, and so when I got back, it was like knee high. <laughs> um. Anyway, um, somehow I'm blessed enough to to make time for all the games I want to play. You know, I actively seek out the games that I want. I research them and I meticulously plan ways to be able to pay for them and strategize every day how I can find that sweet spot. Generally, in the twilight hours for that glorious escapism that video games provides you know so i i guess the point i'm trying to make is i I don't need time wasters like words with friends or jetpack joyride i don't i don't have much time to waste life is too short for me to be wasting any of it like those moments where maybe I'd, i'd want time to pass quicker you know at the dmv or something like that and i don't know instead of plodding through some crappy iphone game i'll use my phone to read the news or Maybe I'll call or text a friend or even take pictures of the mongoloids around me, you know? Hell, <laughs> if, if I just want to play a short burst of a game, it's going to be a game I want to play, not a vapid activity that fills a span of time. And this is something I tried to articulate in an episode of Popular Outcast that you and I were on. Um, it'll be airing uh-huh. in a few weeks. Listeners haven't heard it yet. Um, but somehow the combination of... of Bill's magnificent beard and and the hops I was consuming they, they all clouded my brain. Um, I don't think I articulated my point well. Is what, what I'm trying to say is, you know, I haven't decided whether I feel these types of games, specifically on iOS and that kind of thing. I, I don't know if they're devaluing games or, or making them more diverse. You know, and when I say diverse, I mean like how with books you can read Moby Dick or you can read something in a stupid magazine at the grocery store. With TV, you could watch Nova, or you could watch, I don't know, Cat Vines. Um, I don't know either of those references. Which one is the one that's um, higher end? (laughs) Nova. It's, you know, smart science stuff on PBS. Cat Vines are six-second videos of cats on Vine. Oh, anyway, okay. so similarly with video games, you know, I could sit down for a few hours with, I don't know, we'll just say Monster Hunter, or I can spend a few minutes finishing a level of Icebreaker. It's it's contextual diversity of choices, I guess. It's 
or maybe it's less diversity and more of a division or subdivision. I digress. In terms of the devaluing of games, though, like I was saying, fewer people are wanting to pay full price for anything these days. And between uh, the indie gaming scene, the mobile gaming scene, and stuff like Steam sales, if I was a major developer, I'd be terrified right now. There might always be a market, maybe, for games like Pokemon or Grand Theft Auto or Skyrim. and Those are games people seem to generally be alright with paying full price for. But maybe they won't say shell out the admission to play the next Sonic 3DS game. You know, maybe the newest Endless Runner game on their iPhone for 99 cents will sate their appetite. You know, I don't like the message that's sending to developers and publishers. <laughs> Selfishly, I mean, they'll make less games that I like, you know, and games being cheaper is always going to be welcome, but I feel like it's at what cost? probably quality of the games and the chances that developers will take. Well, I think what you're I think you're making some good points there. Um, I think part of what they're doing is they're not devaluing games as much as they're making it more accessible for an audience who wouldn't normally be playing it anyway. Because if you think about the most of the people who are playing games on their phones at the DMV or, you know, in the line at the grocery store or something like that, they're not people who would normally be who would even purchase a three D S or a PlayStation or any of those things. So it's not like they're causing the game market to lose any value. Um Usually I would agree with you, but I actually read a study um, today that said that most people that are gaming on phones are what is quote-unquote called a core gamer. Really? I mean, it's hard to believe considering all the moms you see out there playing Candy Crush Saga and letting their children cry and starve to death or whatever, but um, that's that's what the study uh, proposes. That's... That's very interesting because honestly as as a gamer myself I don't think that any mobile game at least not mobile games in the sense that they exist today would be able to even come close to fulfilling you know what I need out of a game like when when I consider that I you know I was playing Rebirth of Fortune which is a tactics RPG for the iPhone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I put a number of hours in that and that was fine. But when I put Project Cross Zone into my 3DS, like a couple of months later, it was a world of difference. And I realized that there were things that that game provided that I craved that, you know, Rebirth of Fortune couldn't provide. And that wasn't even, I'm not even talking about the massive boobs in Project X Zone <laughs> there. Like, it was, it was sating other desires beyond that, you know? Yeah. So, like, I think that eventually. I mean, yes, gamers do play low-end mobile video games, but I think eventually they're gonna, you know, they're gonna just want something that has a little more meat to it. Yeah, I, I almost wonder if though its standards will be lowered. Like I, I consider like a lot of these um, very shallow iOS games. It's like the reality television of gaming. I think you're right. So I don't know. I don't know. I I, I think with re, um, reality television has has become huge. I think people have moved to reality television. All the people at work are obsessed with all these stupid shows that are just making them dumber. And I, I it, it like I don't know why video games are so important to me. They I'm, they've been there all my life, I guess. But 
it worries me when I see this applied to video games because I can very easily avoid reality television. I don't even have cable, but this crosses over into games and all games now are 99 cents, they're free to play, and they're all just stupid spray the water or whatever the heck all these games are. and uh, depresses me. Well, I think what's important here to, to give you hope anyway is that um, precedents and business models are being set up for hardcore experiences yeah. that are free to play. Like when you consider League of Legends has been going strong. I know that you hate hearing about that game, but <laughs> like League of Legends has been going strong for four years now, and it's never cost anybody a cent to play it. That's great. Yeah, and and it's as it's about as hardcore as gaming experiences get. Yeah, like it's one of those games where, you know, if you if you try to even casually play it, you will not have a good experience. Mm. In fact, I m- most people at this point. And I don't, I don't mean riot any harm by telling this, but most people at this point who are who tell me they're thinking about starting League of Legends, I just tell them don't, <laughs> because it's just like there, there's been, there've just been so many things that you know, so many people who have so much more experience playing it, and the community is so hostile towards anyone who's new mm. that if you don't already have a fairly good working knowledge of the game, just don't get involved. But I mean, that's how hardcore the game is, and it's yeah. never, it's never cost a cent to play. It's a it's a pay what you want experience. That is awesome. Taking the Radiohead or Nine Inch Nails approach, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to wrap this up. This is a very unconventional review here, but um, in conclusion, screw Angry Birds, screw Candy Crush Saga, and yeah, screw Icebreaker. Um, long live substantial gaming experiences. Long live making time for what you love, and long live enjoying life enough not to feel the need to waste time. And I apologize to our dear listener. Um, This is definitely not the review he expected, and I mean no disrespect. And I hope he continues to listen to our opinionated and self-righteous, anxious antics I am, like, already practically drunk. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Jeff, I love you, and I'm sorry if this review uh, isn't what you wanted. But let's move on. Okay. I was going to jump in right into my review of uh, Plants vs. Zombies 2, um, which is subtitled, it's Plants vs. Zombies 2, It's About Time. Really? Yeah, that that's the actual subtitle of it. It's it's about time because it's oh. been four years since the last game. It doesn't seem like that long. It it really doesn't. Like I didn't think it had been that long, but maybe that's because I've been playing the first one most of this time. Okay. Um, but I, I was thinking that they might want to rethink their subtitle for it. You know, change it from "It's about time" to "Screw you, scrubs who use Android." <laughs> yeah, it's iOS only, huh? It, well, it's it's currently iOS only. It got an exclusive iOS early release, which means that like you can't even play it on PC or Mac, which is a strange decision. Huh. You can only play it on iPhone or iPad. Wow. Yeah. So it, it's it's an interesting decision, but you know I have an iPhone, so it it works out okay for me. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So, yes, Plants vs. Zombies 2. It's a sequel to the other Plants vs. Zombies game, 1. There's only one other, which is why this game is called Plants vs. Zombies 2. There's a first-person um, shooter one in the works, though. Is that a, Are you joking? No. Really? Yeah. I, we, <laughs> I don't know anything about it, so I, we can't really cover it here, but um, I've heard rumblings or something. Huh, that's... That's something that I didn't need in yeah. my life. <laughs> um, yeah. So, Plants vs. Zombies 2 is a silly game about um, Crazy Dave, the lovable hobo from the previous Plants vs. Zombies game, deciding that uh, he wants to eat another taco. Um, you see, yeah, Crazy Dave eats a taco for lunch, decides that it was so good that he's going to travel back in time so he can eat the same taco again. But the problem is he goes too far back in time and ends up in ancient Egypt. What? So the rest of the game is a journey through time um, that include that also includes the pirate seas and the wild west um, in order for Dave to track down his beloved taco. And in the process, oh you are forced to... Somehow you got shoehorned into this trip with this crazy hobo and um, you have to plant plants because apparently zombies have, exist have existed during all stages of history. Yeah. So, that's the story. It was entirely unnecessary, but you know, it's silly, so I, I, I don't really care. I'm a better person now having heard it. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. Like, I mean, I'm not saying that it, like, the, the story in this game never ruined anyone's life. <laughs> um... So the gameplay is very similar to the very to the first Plants vs Zombies, which for anyone who hasn't played it, Mark, um, yeah, you spe you spend sunlight to plant plants, and you use the plants to prevent zombies from getting past your defensive line and eating your brains. Hm. Uh, each plant has a different function, a different attack or defense, you know, different values like hit points or anything like that. Um, Nothing really got reinvented for the sequel, but that's oh. okay, because the first game was good enough that, you know, not a whole lot needed to change, really. Uh -huh. um, they, they do add new plants and new zombies, um, but it's, you know, very similar. Um, um, so this is like a tower defense kind of game? Or? Yeah, exactly, okay. exactly. You basically, you have five lanes that you have to defend... And zombies will come up any of those lanes, and some of them will be, you know, wearing household objects like buckets on their head to provide them additional defense value, <laughs> or some of them will be being carried upside down by a seagull, so, you know, anything that's on the, like, any ground-level defenses won't affect them. So, basically, every plant, you know, every zombie has a counter plant, but you can only take so many plants into each mission with you. Hmm. So you have to, like, before every mission, it shows you what types of zombies are going to show up, and it gives you a general ratio of how much of each kind is going to appear. Okay. And that's how you plan your defense. Okay. From that point on, you plant plants using the sunlight that you get, and the zombies slowly advance, and you dispatch them, hopefully before they reach, you know, your door and, and eat you alive. So they, if they get past the defenses, they eat... The, the weird Dave guy's brains? No, they eat your brain. Because you are with Dave. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah. D don't ask me how you got roped in this game. This this might actually be... Um, you know how last episode... Was it last episode where I reviewed Dumb Ways to Die? Yeah. Um, well, that was a public service announcement, you know, for 
railway safety. Uh-huh. This might be a public service announcement um, for stranger danger. You know, like <laughs> don't talk to the sketchy guy who lives next door. Or don't go back in time with your stoner friends. Right, you know, don't do drugs, don't talk to strangers, the stranger might try to rape you, they might take you back in time, uh, you know, any of those things. It, it, it's all very good lessons, no matter what yeah. Plants vs. Zombies and PopCap are trying to, um, you know, convey yeah, with their well, story. Back in times where all the best rapes happened. Oh, yeah, there were, there were some great... great we can stop. We can, we can stop right yeah. now. Thank you. <laughs> Go on. Um... But yeah, so one of the one of the key um, things, you know, one of the most I guess memorable things about Plants vs. Zombies as a series is that it's it's very clever. You know, a, a lot of the game is very tongue in cheek. None of it's very serious. So as a result, you don't plant a bok choy. You plant a bop choy, oh. who is basically a bok choy with fists, and he punches <laughs> zombies into submission. I like it. Um, or you know. You don't plant, um, what, I guess you do, actually. You plant a snow pea, but the snow pea freezes zombies with its cold peas mm. that it shoots at it. Awesome. So the zombies move slower. You know, everything basically has a different function, everything has a different strategy, different purposes, and there's no plant, that I, at least that I've encountered so far, that is useless. Wow. Everything is pretty well balanced. Awesome. With the time travel theme, um era appropriate zombies appear like you'll find mummies and you know pirate captain zombies and i haven't gotten to the old west yet but i'm assuming cowboy zombies <laughs> um so with the basic premise and you know overall view of the game i'm going to get into uh basically the, the good points the okay. things that i like about the game um which is the first of them is something i sort of already touched on which is the wide variety of plants you know each of them being different and the fact that you get to choose your plants in every stage means that there isn't really a right way to do things. You can use whatever strategy suits your playstyle the best. Mm-hmm. And that's ultimately what I think makes Plants vs. Zombies 2 so brilliant, okay. is that you can basically do things however you want, as long as the zombies die. Mm. Um, another thing that's good is that the animation is greatly improved over the original, and it's not that the original was bad, but it was clearly a game made in Flash, and this has like a full range, more full range of animations, and the zombies and plants are more expressive, and you know, it's just it's it's nicer to look at. Cool. Um, the difficulty has been ramped up, which is vital because the first game, while it was fun, was far too easy. That was my only complaint. Yeah. With it. Well, that's why you weren't going to download this one. Right. We right. talked about it in well, episode three. We did, yeah. And I said I didn't need this, and here I am proving myself wrong. Um, but no, like th- like this time, it's actually possible to lose. It's very easy to get overrun if you aren't focusing on what you're doing. Like, you have to pay attention to the game, hmm. which is which is nice, because the original Plants vs. Zombies, you could kind of just... It was a flurry of activity at the start of each round where you're planting, and then after that, it's just sitting back and watching your work, you know, watching your strategy work for you. And not really having to do a whole lot. Like occasionally, you'd have to, you'd have to plant something else that you know had been eaten. So like a you know an occasional replacement on your defensive line. But by and large, you were doing very little outside of the initial flurry of planting. Huh. Um, 
Something else that's cool is that they've put in challenges that add replay value to the levels by giving you specific objectives, like you have to protect a certain target from the zombies, like it's a target that's fairly far up your defensive line, so you have to figure out, you know, wall, you know, you have to put like a wall nut, you know, wall nut in front of it to protect it, and, you know, um, basically prevent the zombies from reaching that target, or, um... Another challenge they'll they'll give you is like assigning you certain plants rather than letting you choose, so you have to change your play style up a little bit. Mm. Um, you know, sometimes they'll limit the amount of sunlight you can spend, which means that you can't. You know, like for example, my key strategy is at the start of every round, I actually plant a lot of potato mines, which are one-use plants that you know, like they ripen, they pop up out of the ground, and then the next zombie that steps on them blows gets blown up. Mm-hmm. And the reason I use them is because they're very cheap. Does it buy you time to, like, plant more... uh... To plant more sunflowers, which generates sunlight, so you can plant better offenses and defenses. Um, So, yeah, the the potato mine is very useful for that, but when you're limited on sunlight, you can't really spend it on plants that are just throwaways. Mm. So, for me, that makes me play the game in a different way than I otherwise would normally. Um... Another cool new feature that I like is um, they've introduced a concept called plant food, mm-hmm. which is a power-up that randomly spawns on the field, and you can store, you can grab it by tapping it on the screen, and you store it for a later time, up to three at the start of the game, and you can gain upgrades to carry more than that. And when you use your plant food, you put it on a specific plant, and for a brief period of time, they'll go into kind of an overdrive mode. For example, the pea shooter which is a plant that shoots peas, will shoot a, a long stream of peas ah. that is far more powerful than their individual shot that just fires, you know, one at a time. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't last forever. Yeah, yeah. It lasts for a couple of seconds, and it's good for mowing down a wave of zombies. Or there's the uh, the snapdragon, which is a plant that breathes fire in an AoE out in front of it mm-hmm. as zombies get closer. But when you use a plant food on a snapdragon it blows up every zombie in an eight-square radius. Wow. I'm sorry, nine-square. Jeez. <clears throat> yeah. So, it's um, it's a whole new level of strategy that it lends to the game, mm-hmm. because you have to know what effect plant food has on every plant, and it's a, it's a real game-changer. There have been plenty of games where I was on the verge of losing when I thought of a clever strategy to use with plant food, and it saved the game for me. Wow. But... At the same time, it isn't overpowered. Like, you can't just drop it on any plant and have it change the tide of battle. So it's it's very much a, a timing-based thing, knowing when to use it, knowing how to make the most of the effects. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. So um, tons of improvements. Yeah, there, there are a lot of improvements. And my favorite thing, my favorite improvement, and this is actually the, the thing that made me download it, mm-hmm. is it's free to play. Yeah. Um, and the best part is, like, a lot of games will be free-to-play, but they'll strictly regulate how you can play mm-hmm. without spending money. Yeah. And Plants vs. Zombies, like, occasionally, you know, an in-game purchase advertisement will pop up. And there are certain plants that you can only get if you spend the money, but I haven't found them to be necessary. Wow. Um, so as, as of yet, you know, I'm several hours in this game, and I've yet to spend a single cent on it. Yeah, that's the consensus. Yeah, it's it's pretty great. 
However, it's not perfect. There are there are a couple bad things about it. Not many. Some of the challenges that I mentioned earlier, you know, like being given specific plants or having limited sunlight to spend. Um, most of the challenges are pretty cool, but there are there are a couple that, while they sound interesting on paper, actually really suck in practice. Um, for example, there's one that's um, don't spend any sun for 120 seconds. What that basically turns into um, is sitting there. You know, there are only a couple of plants that cost no sunlight, yeah. and most of them don't have any offensive capabilities, at least not the ones that I've come across yet. Uh -huh. um, so you basically all I have is an iceberg lettuce, which freezes zombies in place temporarily, and it has a long recharge time. Mm -hmm. So you can only do it every so often. So what this amounts to is sitting there for a period of about two minutes, staring at the screen while zombies advance and occasionally planting an iceberg lettuce to halt them in their tracks until I'm allowed to plant things. Yeah. Now what, I mean... Is there any reward for all this? Yeah, well, you actually, you're required to do some of, at least some of the challenges. Okay. Because you can't advance to a different era mm. until you have a certain number of stars that you get out of challenges. Oh, I see. I assumed it was just a different game mode or something like that. No, this is this is required unless you want to spend money. Ah. See, you can, you can either, you know, grind to earn these stars, which is fine because normally the challenges are fun. Mm-hmm. Or you can pay $5 to unlock the next level. Oh, wow. Yeah, which, I mean, for me is ludicrous. Because, Absolutely. you know, I, I, I'm, I'm good enough, and I'm smart enough, and gosh darn it, people like me enough <laughs> that I can figure out how to get to the next level, you know, without having to spend any money. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's nice that I guess, you know, for the people out there who don't, for some reason, lack the skills that Plants vs. Zombies requires, mm -hmm. like, it's nice that they can still see the entire game if they... You know, decide to. Yeah. Um, however, um, the thing that I really don't like about Plants vs. Zombies 2 is a new feature they've added called um, Powers. Basically, some knuckleheaded fuckwit thought <laughs> that it would be brilliant to make Plants vs. Zombies 2 have a casual option. Yeah. So they added an option to have in-app purchases where you can use certain touch-based motions to, you know, you, you basically pay money to activate a power that will allow you to, like, pinch off a zombie's head mm -hmm. with your fingers, <laughs> or you can, like, levitate them and flip them, you know, like, flick them away, uh -huh. or you can use lightning to finger blast a row of zombies rather than having to use your plants to do the work. Finger blast, huh? Yeah, that was intentional. <laughs> um, I mean... Basically, like, I I'm sorry, I thought I was playing Plants vs. Zombies, you know, a brilliant strategy game, not fucking Fruit Ninja, yeah, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, so, that that kind of made me mad. And, like, it's not that it makes you do it, mm -hmm. but there are a couple of times in the game where, like, zombies really start to pile up on you, mm -hmm. and I really get the impression that they want you to use this uh, feature. Oh, I see. And, you know, like, on those occasions, I'll just take the two or three tries that it takes me to get through the level, yeah, you know? Yeah, Like, I'll just... I'll, I'll adapt my strategies and I'll get it figured out. I'm not paying them a cent just because they decide to pile a bunch of zombies on top of me. Mm -hmm. But, like, that that's kind of ridiculous to me. The fact that they add this casual option, even though I don't have to use it, like, it just, it takes something out of the game for me knowing that it's even there to have this, like, safety net. Yeah. Well, this, uh, this game is huge. Uh, I didn't know if you had read any of the news about it, but... I found an old news article, which the game's only been out like two weeks, three weeks tops, 
And so mm-hmm. old being like, you know, a week old or whatever, but it already has surpassed 16 million downloads. Like, Dang. that's a big freaking deal. That's like double any Mario game ever. Yeah. Now the free-to-play helps, but, you know, now this goes back again, the devaluing of games, which we don't have to get into. I'm just, I'm just you know, sprinkling my propaganda throughout this episode. Well, I was I was partially thinking about the free-to-play model uh-huh. that this game is helping to establish when I was talking about League of Legends free-to-play yeah. model that they're establishing. I think what's ultimately going to happen is developers like Nintendo are going to have to figure out a way to go free-to-play. Well, they have. They're doing Steel Diver free-to-play. Oh, yeah, I did see that a while ago. Are you going to play that? Well, no one knows the... the um what console it'll be on. No one knows really what it's going to look like. So I'm having a wait-and-see approach. C-S-E-A, get it? Huh. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I, I don't want to derail your review, so go on. No, that was actually the end of the review. I've oh. said basically everything I have to say about this game at this point. It, it deserves the 16 million downloads that it's gotten. You know, cool. It's a good game. I yeah. would recommend going out and downloading it unless you're one of those Android scrubs. <laughs> So, I mean, I'm sure it's just timed exclusive. Before you know it, it'll be on PC, Mac, it'll be on 3DS, it'll be on Vita, it'll be everywhere. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it'll have, like, a... I mean, this game is too big to stick to just one platform. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, I have a review for Our Portable Past, our retro segment. Which game would this be? Sonic the Hedgehog Triple Trouble, originally released in 1994 for the Sega Game Gear. Uh, you can get it on the Virtual Con- Console right now. I apologize for all my <laughs> terrible pronunciations. Like I, a little bit of alcohol goes a long way in my body. <laughs> You're making me feel a little bit like a drunk here. I got to be honest. I finished my scotch and I don't feel anything. Mm-hmm. I've been cutting back. Uh, what are you? What are you saying about me exactly? <laughs> I don't know where you're at. That I have a drinking problem? <laughs> it's not a problem, <laughs> per se. No, anyway, yeah, so you can get it on the 3DS Virtual Console for $5. Um, some of you might have played it uh, as an unlockable in Sonic Adventure DX and the Sonic Gems Collection. And those of you that are really into obscure gaming. Maybe you had the Coleco Sonic handheld system and played it there. Thanks, Wikipedia. The Coleco? It was out on that? It's the Coleco Sonic. It was a specific, like, handheld thing that, like, had prepackaged games. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's very, it's, it's pretty rare and a little bit expensive if you want to track one down. The Triple Trouble in this game's title, refers to the three characters that are competing with Sonic the Hedgehog and his sidekick Tails to retrieve the lost Chaos Emeralds. Um, For what purpose, I'm never really sure. Like, how do they keep getting lost and keep needing to be found, and really, what's the advantage to having them? I'm not versed well enough in Sonic lore to know. Don't they turn him into a Super Saiyan when he gets all of them? Well, in some games, yes, but not in this one. Um, Oh. Maybe he's just going to ask his girlfriend to marry him. <laughs> Does he have a girlfriend? 
maybe. I mean, although maybe maybe not. Hedgehogs aren't monogamous, are they? I don't know. He's he doesn't he seems like he'd be a Rolling Stone. You would think. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So the triple trouble, the this triple threat in the in in this Game Gear game are as usual and very predictably the notorious Doctor Robotnik, um, as well as everyone's favorite anti-hero from the Sonic series, Knuckles, the species of mammal with spiky stuff that I can't pronounce. Echidna? Thank you. And <laughs> in addition, uh, treasure hunter Knack the Weasel, who makes his first and only major appearance here. I yeah, think, I've never heard of him before. I think he was in Sonic Drift, the the, the, the Mario Kart ripoffs that Sonic did, and I, I want to say he was in like a Sonic the Hedgehog fighting game or something like that. Anyway. Both of those sound awful. <laughs> Sonic Drift on Game Gear has... Um, mm-hmm. Uh, what do you call it? Local uh, multiplayer, which is something really? Nintendo really dropped the ball on some of their virtual console stuff. Like, if there was local multiplayer on Mario Kart for Game Boy Advance, that'd be amazing. That would be really great. Yeah. But of course, nobody can actually buy that unless they were a, a 3DS ambassador. <laughs> unless they have the level of chest hair that you and I possess. Yes. <laughs> um,. Back to Sonic. Uh, it's your typical 16-bit era Sonic platformer, albeit it's slightly neutered to be playable on the Game Gear system. Um, the objective of the game is, yes, to defeat your three foes, but more importantly, to recover the aforementioned Chaos Emeralds. Um, if you beat the game without recovering all six, you get the equivalent of better luck next time as your ending. Uh, if you do succeed in getting all six Emeralds, you're treated to a fairly pretty credits sequence with Tails flying his plane and Sonic somehow able to hold on. Were you able to pull that off? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I'm going to talk about uh, my, my, my pros and cons here. So, number one, the first thing I noticed is it has really great graphics. This looks much better than an 8-bit game, because the Game Gear is technically an 8-bit system. I mean, they're not quite as good as the 16-bit Sonic games, but I've you will not ever see a freaking like an NES game that looks like this. This the game is pretty, pretty. Um, also, there are two playable characters, much like the later Sonic games. Um, they both have slightly different move sets. Tails can fly, which is basically easy mode, which is how I was able to get the six Chaos Emeralds. Because <laughs> oh, you missed it with Sonic. Tough luck. You're out. Of, you can't go back sometimes. Uh, with tails, you just fly away and you get wherever you're the hell you want to go. I, I have a quick question about about that. Mm-hmm. Um, now, normally, in the Sonic games I played anyway, and I'm not as well versed in them as you are, mm-hmm. but there's like some kind of mini game required to get the Chaos Emeralds. Yeah. Like, what is what does it look like? Like, what are what are the mechanics of it in this game? Basically. Um, so you have to get fifty coins and then find the Chaos Emerald. Um, box. I don't know what they're called in Sonic games, but anytime, you know, the boxes, you hit it, you get a shield, you hit it, you get the fast boots, you hit it, you get Uh some coins. There's one of those with an emerald on it, and you have 50 coins, you hit that, and you go to the bonus stage. And there's two different kinds of bonus stages. Um, One of them is like a general, like normal Sonic stage, but it's very difficult to like get through, not because there's like enemies and traps and stuff, but just because it's sort of like a labyrinth. And there's a time limit and you have to get through it in a certain amount of time, 
And at the end of the level, you fight Knack the Weasel, and if you beat him, you get a Chaos Emblem. The other kind of, um, uh, what do you call it, bonus level, I guess, is flying the plane? Yeah, I think you're okay. flying the plane in like a, a very terrible simulated 3D, like this isn't even as good as Mode 7 quality graphics. This is like, mm. it's pretty terrible. Um, we're talking like, yeah, I, I can't even think of a game to compare it to. Um, I was going to say Super Mario Kart, but Super Mario Kart uses Mode 7. Um which is a bullshit term, but um, <laughs> what was I going to say? It's You're basically behind view of the plane, flying through the air, collecting rings. You get a certain amount of rings in a certain amount of time, and I think then at the end you get the uh, the emerald. So, yeah, I mean, they're, they're fairly well done, I guess. Um, and the levels in general, are I, I feel, were well designed and pretty complex. It never feels like there's a definitive path to the end, um, exploration is, is pretty well encouraged to get all the little secrets in the level power-ups and, you know, the Chaos Emerald boxes and all that stuff. So I, I really thought, I was I was surprised by the level design because maybe it's just the way I play Sonic games, but I always see them as a little more linear than this one. Um, so, I mean, in that, there's a lot of secrets in replayability. There are a few power-ups and abilities unique to the game as well. Um, Freaking Tails drives a drill-nosed submarine on the water levels, so he doesn't have to get air. It's pretty awesome. That is pretty cool. Um, so you have the option to play as Tails as well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You, it, either or, you can you can start is at the start of the game, Sonic or Tails, whichever you want to be. Um, That's great. Yeah. Um, another thing I liked is you only lose a fraction of your rings in this game when you get hit. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, okay, so you'll use you'll lose something like thirty rings at a time no matter what you get hit by um but when they all bounce out of you because of the limitations of the hardware only three rings pop out so you'll lose 30 but the max you can recover is three which kind of sucks but that's just the limitations of the console um maybe the best thing about this game is there's no stupid casino level (laughs) um okay oh wait, 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 wait I, the the Sonic Two casino levels are pretty good. I actually kind I was of gonna say them. I remember this being well. But done. if you've ever played Sonic Adventure, like it, this, the casino level in that one is like something of a nightmare. It's it's absolutely terrible. No fun at all. Was that one of the three D games? Yeah, it was the first one on Dreamcast. I never played any of the three D Sonic games. There are a few good levels in 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 them, but there are a lot. Anytime you have like the option to. Um, do a lot of like Mario 64 style like exploration and, and that kind of stuff. like the levels just aren't as well done mm-hmm. um, like I mentioned earlier the Game Gear virtual console menu options are awesome um, you can choose to play with a one to one pixel ratio to the Game Gear um, you can do custom Game Gear skins so like because the Game Gear screen is smaller than the 3DS screen um, it fills the border with what looks like a Game Gear. So you can do custom skins on that. There are performance options to play like it originally plays or play using a little bit of the, the, the power of the 3DS. Um, and like I said, some some Game Gear games have multiplayer programmed into them. And I think Nintendo's really dropping the ball. Um, with with not just the virtual console games on 3DS, but on, on Wii and Wii U, they could totally be adding 
online play and all that kind of stuff, and this would sell consoles, I guarantee it. It would, but at the same time, they'd have to start them at a higher price point. I'm okay with that. Right. Yeah, I think I would be too, but I think that Nintendo's largely trying to appeal to the mobile video game crowd who are used to paying 99 cents for a right, video game. Right, Which Fine. makes your point all the more valid that Fine. <laughs> mobile video games are devaluing video games. Um, no, you, you, you brought me around on this. You brought me around. Awesome. The, my favorite thing to do in life is to make people think the way I do. Um, my favorite part about this game is that Dr. Robotnik has yet to be renamed Eggman. <laughs> Is that the dumbest thing ever, or it's what? It's horrible. I, I hate when they do that. I think it started in Sonic Adventure. That would be, like, na- renaming Dr. Robotnik Dr. Eggman would be like naming Dr. Wily Dr. Big Tuft of Hair. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, I'm somewhat neutral on the level of difficulty in this game. Like, it's pretty easy, but with a lot of retro games, like I mentioned Earthbound, like I find the difficulty a little bit too much for my uh, my tastes these days, so I can't really give it a, a plus or a minus, but it's it's a pretty easy game, especially with Tails. You just go wherever you want with Tails. Um, the things I didn't like about Sonic the Hedgehog Triple Trouble are that um, it's not quite as fast as the Genesis games. You lose a little bit of the speed because I believe of the process power uh, that was available yeah. for the Game Gear. Not the end of the world. Um, the music it's has a very forgettable soundtrack. I mean, the quality's fine, but the compositions are really bland. None of the classic tunes are here. They're all it's like all original music, and it's all very forgettable. I cannot playing the game for the for the. You know, I, I used to own the game when I had a Game Gear like 20 years ago. None of the music was memorable to me. I, it felt like I was hearing all these songs for the first time. That's really disappointing, because one of the things that I always liked best about Sonic was listening to the music at Green Hill Zone or oh, Emerald yeah. Hill Zone. and I. So the fact that a retro Sonic game doesn't have good soundtrack is yeah. a huge disappointment. It, it is a little bit disappointing. Um also, the levels aren't very well packed with enemies. Uh, again, I feel like it's just the limitations of the game gear. There's pretty low on-screen sprite count. And when you kill the enemies, you know, no little rescued seals and birds fly out. They just poof, they're dead. Um, I do have a question for you as, as a, I guess, a more seasoned Sonic player than I am. Oh. So basically the premise of these games is not that the animals are being turned into robots, it's that they're being put inside of robots? Yes. <laughs> to what end? I don't know. I really don't know. Um, okay. I, uh, I, they don't always resemble the animals that are inside of them. Sometimes mm-hmm. they do, and sometimes it's like, ah, it's a stretch. So I don't even know if they're like brainwashed and controlling the animals I don't know. I need to. I need to break out the instruction manuals to some of these games. That's um, where all the story was back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Um, and another thing, much like the Mega Man game you were talking about last episode, mm-hmm. um, the characters take up a lot of screen real estate. Um, so some of your jumps have to be done a little bit blind. Ooh. So yeah, it's not good in a Sonic game. 
Did you hear that door slam? Sorry about that. Yeah, no, that's fine. That's fine. Um, so, let's see here. I'm going to wrap this up. Um, so, you know, despite having owned the game years ago, I don't have a lot of nostalgia for it. I barely remembered anything about it. And so this recent playthrough almost felt like I was playing it for the first time. Um, so I can confidently say that my judgment wasn't clouded. I wasn't wearing nostalgia goggles. You know, this isn't... It's not quite as solid as the early Genesis Sonic games, but Sonic the Hedgehog Triple Trouble is still a very good Sonic game. Um, I can recommend it with, with, with the utmost confidence. Um, I sincerely enjoyed playing it. Twice. I played it twice for this episode. Um, wow. And I thought it was pretty darn good. So, yeah. And, and this, one, this one came out after Sonic 3, right? Because you said Knuckles was in it. Yeah, 1994. So would you say that now I I know that Sonic One and Two are they're generally regarded as the best in the series, right? I think so. I think Sonic Two is the best one. Yeah. So would you say that it that it's better than Sonic Three or like some of the other games that came out after it? Um, I I don't have it's I don't know I don't I don't remember Sonic Three very well. Um, it's definitely better than anything they're doing nowadays. Oh, for sure. But those new Sonic games just look like the most unappealing things. Yeah, I don't know. Even Sonic the Lost World, I hate to say it, like, I I love Sega. Dreamcast is still my second favorite system of all time next, favorite system of all time next to Super Nintendo. I love Sega, but they just can't get it right anymore. Yeah. So, anyway, that's my review. Go ahead and buy the game. It's five bucks, and I think you'll like it. So I'm going to move on to our um, upcoming releases. And, man, I mean, here come the games. Like, the, the, the fall slash winter season is here, and shit's coming out. Um, September 3rd is basically PlayStation Vita day here. We have um, Kickbeat, Rayman Legends, which, oh, Rayman Legends got delayed. I'm lying to you right oh, now. Really? I just heard today Rayman Legends got delayed. I think it's coming out the 17th. Um, so no. Um, and then Atelier Meruru Plus, The Apprentice of Arland. I'm assuming that's a very Japanese game, probably where you have to touch girls in weird places, but I don't know. I've never actually seen it in action, but judging by the name, I, I picture anime girls that are underage in skimpy clothing, and you have to shake the controller to jiggle the boobs. I'm too messing with anticipation. <laughs> oh, the things I say when I've drank alcohol. Um, <laughs> now, Kevin, I've been I have been not telling you about this for a couple days because I wanted to tell you on here. Okay. On the sixth of September, for iOS, Star Wars Force Collection. Have you heard about it? I don't know anything about it. It is a Star Wars CCG for iOS. And oh man! I don't know a lot about it. It's all six movies, all the characters from that. I, it's it's not a it's not an exact replica of the one that you used to play, mm-hmm. but it's it's another Star Wars card game. So get ready for that in just a couple days, really. It's it's definitely a CCG and not just like a card game. I don't know the difference. <laughs> well, like a CCG is a game where like customizable card game where you build your own deck. Okay. I believe it um, is you know, on that oh level. Man. 
And I'm assuming and decks cost money, but we'll see. If if it's if now if it's free to play, I'm all over this. Mm-hmm. If it if you have to pay money to get cards, I not so much. I've yeah. I've already done the CCG scene. I spent way too much money on it. I'm not eager to return. Yeah, yeah, I get you. So on September 10th, uh, moving forward here, um, Young Justice Legacy comes out for 3DS. I guess that's based on the new Justice League series. I don't know. I don't watch cartoons. Um, Dragon Fantasy Book 2 for Vita, and the first big Vita release of the year, as far as I'm concerned, Killzone Mercenary. Um, On September 17th, everyone's favorite series, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs Part 2 comes out for 3DS, along with an equally amazing game, Hot Wheels World's Best Driver. (laughs) September 19th, Angry Birds Star Wars 2 debuts on iOS. And I I don't care about this, but they're going the Skylanders route. They are making toys that you can purchase for Angry Birds Star Wars 2 that you can scan with your iPhone somehow and put them in the game. To be able to care about that, I'd have to first care about Angry Birds. Well, yeah, which you'd need a full frontal lobotomy. I would have to be a completely different person than the human being that I am right now. (laughs) Exactly. On uh, September 24th, the much-anticipated ampis- an- <laughs> <laughs> Knots Unmask comes out for 3DS. This is the game that I believe I told you about has every single version of every single DC Comics character in it. You cannot stump it. Uh, it. That sounds great, but I still have Knots Unlimited and I haven't opened it yet. Oh, no. I know. The first... Uh, they're really good games, but I'm done with them, even despite the DC Comics banner. Like, um, the first one was awesome, and then the second one fixed all the problems in terms of, like, controls and stuff that the first game had, and then it added adjectives, but they botched it with the, the variety of um, puzzles. The first game had such creative puzzles, and the second one, there was you started to see repeats, and it was really disappointing. And then I haven't played a, another Scribblenauts game since. Yeah, well, that, that sounds like sequelitis more than anything else. Yes, yeah, I don't know much about Unlimited, but you should open it. It's fun. It's 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 a good game that you could play in the span of time that you'd play a, a jack-off game like Angry Birds. Um, also on September 24th, FIFA 14 comes out for Vita, and Valhalla Nights 3 as well for Vita. Which, we don't review Vita games on here, because none of us have one. Although there is one in my house right now, because my brother-in-law is visiting. And I watched him play some baseball, and then I said, oh, that doesn't look very interesting. And that was it. Yeah, the the Vita doesn't really appeal to me, except for, um... What's that game that VanillaWare has coming out? Dragon's Crown, it's out. Yeah. Oh, it is out. Yeah. Yep. And everybody's forgotten about the controversy of the boobs and butts and just said, this game's awesome, and <laughs> started playing it. As they should. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's about all we have for this episode. Our next episode we're hoping to do in about a week or two with Emrys, in which um, Kevin will be reviewing Mario & Luigi Dream Team, and Emrys will review his, his uh, Android games Ping, and for 3DS, Pokemon Dream Radar, which is an, not the newest game, but he's got an interesting take on it that we're really interested to hear. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So that game should be out in, in two weeks, three, I hope, at the most, because we have to record and edit another episode in the meantime if that happens. 
So yeah, right. let's um just run through the uh, you know places people can find us. Since I don't know, I guess they already found us if they're listening to this. But uh, our website is portablepower.popularoutcasts.com, and take advantage of that Amazon banner on there. That gets the Popular Outcasts Network some money that really helps us out. So do it. Make sure to clear your cookies first, though. Good point. Um, we're on Twitter, which is sort of Emerus's game. I poke my head in every now and then just to see what's going on, but it's at Portable Power FM. Uh, we're also on Facebook, facebook.com slash Portable Power Podcast, and you can email us at portablepowerpodcast at gmail.com. Now, I want to do a quick shout-out to the boys at Pocketoid um, because they decided to... Uh, network a little bit with us and I've been a fan of their show for a few months now after de- finding out that their logo is exactly the same as our logo well it used to be I changed our logo but um they're good guys and they put out a good podcast and they uh, are much more concise with their reviews than us and much less um, slurred speech in that podcast so blame it on the alcohol yeah it's always the alcohol so yeah if you're looking if you're looking for a straight edge podcast I would <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't go that far. They don't drink alcohol on the air. So if that's what you're right. into, check them out. Yeah. So yeah, this was fun, Kevin. It wasn't. It wasn't as bad as I thought it could be. This could have been a complete train wreck. Yeah. But yeah, this uh, this this ended up, this ended up being all right. Yeah. I look forward to having Emmers back. As do I. Yeah. Cool. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Look us up on iTunes. Give us a review. Get us noticed. And. uh... We'll see you in a couple weeks. Take care. Have a great night. Goodbye.